Gentlemen, chers amis, auditeurs, bienvenue. Welcome to the chat with Pat number 16, le numéro 16. I hope everything is good with you. Euh, J'espère que tout va bien pour vous. Euh, actuellement, euh, c'est le soir. Et eh oui, 18 heures. C'est euh, très rare, mais que voulez-vous? On a un invité euh, qui nous vient du Japon. Today, we're having a, a very nice guest coming directly from Japan. Uh, he's a, a Canadian friend of us. He was a, a national team member. And today, oh, he's got a long title. He's International Federation Service Manager for Olympic and Paralympic Judo, Tokyo 2020, and Chief of International Department at All Japan Judo Federation. So let's get in the show with us, our friend, Justin Fumiya Imagawa. Justin, welcome to Chat with Pat. Ohayou gozaimasu. That means good morning from Japan. Thanks well, uh, here, yeah, it's a great pleasure and an honor to have you with us at the Chat with Pat. And I know we can tell, you know, for you, it's light. It's very nice. It's morning for you. You just had your coffee. And for me, yeah, you can tell it's night. It's dark. So I would try to do my interview without my glasses sometimes because it's too too much of a you know um, reflection and stuff like that. So I'll try to read. I'm getting old for me. I'm sorry. So how's everything for you? How does it look like this morning in beautiful Tokyo, Japan? Tell me. It's uh it's very sunny today, and the the weather in Tokyo is much friendlier than Montreal. It doesn't snow here, and it's sunny every day in the winter. So it's uh. Probably oh. a lot nicer than Montreal right now. Yes. So are you are you telling us that we have snow in Montreal just like that we have in the screen right now? Is that what you're you're telling us? Eh? <laughs> yes, we're sending you the snow. <laughs> I haven't seen yes. snow in the last uh, eight years I've lived here. So it's fairly well, we not. can send it to you if you want. We no, can send no, it to no, you no. if you want. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm not missing the wet and, sauce. Uh, <laughs> um listen the first question how is the family oh great so i have a son who he's four years old he just turned four uh earlier this month and yeah yes yeah oh you can show pictures yeah yeah oh, so yes of course i can show pictures yeah. I have, i'm controlling everything for me <laughs> yeah yeah my wife and uh good family we have a house in tokyo now Yeah, life is good in general. But the COVID in yeah. isn't so bad compared to like Europe and USA. But we've had a little bit of difficulty, but we're managing it good in Japan. Super. And how is it being, because, you know, as we can tell, I think your wife is one of the national coach for women team in Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, your son does... I guess a little bit of judo at four years old. Is he fighting with a Christmas tree? This is, I saw the Christmas tree. Was he fighting with it? No, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yes. So how is it being, how is it being into a judo family? Everybody does judo. Yeah. So as he said, uh, my wife is a coach for the J Japanese senior team 
for the lightweights, uh, 48 and 52. So athletes like Abe Uta and Tonaki Funa at the Olympic Games. And I also work in judo at the Olympic Committee and the National Federation. So we work at judo, but also when we're at home, over dinner, we just talk about judo as well. So judo and our lives are inseparable. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we, I don't know. And all our friends are in judo. And so everything is about judo in our lives. And I don't really get tired. So you're, 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 you're like a fish in a bowl. No. Yeah, a fish in a bowl, for sure. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, my son, my son, we he's not in the dojo yet, but we have a gi for him. And, uh, you know, we wrestle around in the living room right now. And uh, I hope my son uh, likes judo just as much as we do. Well, you know what? Um, by experience, um, enjoy now that you have the control since he's four years old. Because when he'll be 11 or 12 or 13, you know, you're going down and he'll be going like this. So you will suffer, my friend. I tell you, you will suffer. So enjoy it now that you can, you know, do some wrestling with him and stuff like that, because soon you will ask to stop it. I'm sure. <laughs> yes. So then I'll have to ask uh, some of the young boys at the judo club to show him a lesson. So he'll come home. Oh. <laughs> well, well, I wouldn't go in that path, you know, because you still get older and older and older. So he might, you know, pick <laughs> on you after that. Anyway, you know what we're saying? You're from, you're born in Canada. Yes. Well, I'm you were born in Canada. Canada. You're from, yeah. So you're British Columbia. Mm -hmm. And you started your judo in Steveston Judo Club. Where did you start your judo? Yes, I started judo at the Steveston Judo Club. I think I was uh, eight or nine years old. So, yeah, I started in Steveston, and it, I was really lucky. I, I made a lot of good friends at a really young age at Steveston Judo Club, and that's what I really think uh, made me continue judo for this long. And, and so, you know, if you had to resume your path, you know, you were at Steveston, then you came uh, at a certain time to the uh, NTC. At the time, it was uh, Shido, Shidokan. And uh, how was that evolution for you? Yeah, so I moved to Montreal after graduating high school. So I was uh, 18 years old and I knew that I, I really wanted to go to the World Championships or Olympics. It was my dream. So I knew I needed to move to the Shirokan to be with uh, Sensei and uh, Nakamura Sensei and uh, Nico. So I moved there when I was 18 and it was a life-changing life experience, you know. You know, being at the dojo with like all the best judoka and Being 18 years old and very immature, I, I yeah, I learned a lot. And uh, Sensei and Nico were uh, like really good coaches, but they were also uh, coaches outside of the dojo too in life. So they taught me a lot. And uh, the Shirokan is like uh, oof, great memories, great memories of like the piggy and the weight room and the rent. Oh, <laughs> yes, piggy. We we have some good experiences playing piggy together too. I'm sure you remember. <laughs> of course I do. I, of course I do. But we had a lot of fun, yeah, and actually, I think that still from that. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's a path I didn't want to talk about, but I think we had more injuries at piggy than we had in judo. Yes. So anyhow, <laughs> it was it was not very so, smart. <laughs> true. So it got better. It got better. Um, how did that help you? Uh, 
as the man you're today to go through, you said you were influenced, you know, by Sensei and Nico and, you know, by the oldest, but how, how did it help you today? Um, I think there's like a judo aspect of like, you know, learning to work hard and that part, but also just living alone away from your parents and like learning to be an adult, you know, like uh, from the life skills, like cooking and doing your laundry and cleaning and also like, We're managing your time and, of course, your money. And these are kind of things that I was uh, fortunate to learn at the age of 18 rather than, uh, you know, 28 or 30 or my age. If I started doing that right now, I, there's no way I would be productive at my job. So <laughs> learning to be an adult living at home, you know, three time zones away was a, a great experience in that way. Lots of traveling, lots of friends. Yeah, and um, I remember... I, I remember, you know, we had such, such good times and, and good initiative, but I remember one of them, you know, at that time, I don't know if you're still, but, you know, <laughs> I can tell at that time you were pretty cut, you know, pretty, yeah. that, that was a, the national team and it, it was for a calendar. So tell us, how come, are you still like this? Uh, no, no. I, I still try to work out at least uh, two or three times a week, but... I'm not doing randori like that time, and uh, this is a uh, oh yeah, uh, you can see abs Fraser and Sasha and, <laughs> and Nick and Mike Sergio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good souvenirs, eh? Anymore, I'm not like that anymore. And oh, I'm I'm <laughs> sure you're still fit. <laughs> I've seen you in the suit, you know, around uh, during those tournaments, and you don't need to change the the suit. You look good. You're you know. Many of us uh, today, uh, they don't. We don't fit in our suit anymore. We have to change our, you know, to get some I'm, changes. I'm, born, I'm I'm born in Canada, but both my parents are Japanese, so I have uh, Japanese genetics. I could, uh, I don't, uh, I could eat anything and not get so big right now because I'm uh, I'm 34 now. But hopefully, it stays that way. Well, well, well. Maybe you can send us the trick, you know, that thing says we can stay slim because <laughs> mm, I, have, I don't think I have Japanese family on my side, you know. I, I still... <laughs> it's getting there. Um, listen, with the evolution, you know, you moved to Japan. So how was your transition? So, yeah, I think I moved to Japan in 2013. And... Uh... At that time, And why did you move to Japan? Yeah, I moved to Japan because uh, I I was a carded athlete for uh, four years, and in 2013 I couldn't make the results to uh, make uh, to make a new carding for the next year, and I was 26 or 25 or 26 at the time, and I thought it was like very difficult for me to continue for another four years without carding, and try to make the Olympic Games in Rio. So I just chose. Uh, okay, I need to work on my professional life. So I stopped competing in judo and I moved to Japan and I tried to find a job, a good job to set up my career. And uh, it was really difficult at the time because I was still young and I love judo. I love doing randori. I love traveling, but I think I uh, made the right decision at the time. Uh, looking looking back now, you, you, you worked at, uh, at a corporation, if my memory is good. Yes, uh, I worked at uh, Rakuten. It's probably the biggest internet company in Japan. And they're sponsoring 
uh, huge sports teams like Golden State Warriors and uh, Real Madrid. And uh, yeah, I barely spoke Japanese at the time and I had zero business experience. I had Uchikomi experience, but no experience <laughs> in this world. And yeah, it was, it was really difficult at the time. I was uh, constantly texting Antoine like, oh man, judo is so much better than this business life. But after two or three years, I uh, got used to it and uh, I really learned to like that job. I'm sure, I'm sure the fact that, you know, previously you said that being at Chidokan learned you to, 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 to go forward and hard work and, you know, everything of that. And probably this helped you to stay and, you know, and maintain, stay in Japan, work, even though you didn't speak so well Japanese at the time. I'm sure, you know, a little bit of uh, that, um, uh, that path of uh, learning from our great sensei Nakamura and <laughs> maybe helped you today, you know? Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. I think uh, even when I was learning Japanese or making business phone calls, I think like the fundamental aspects of judo or not fundamental aspect of life in general, you know, just being dedicated, working hard every day, being a nice guy, uh, can yeah. take a really long way. And uh, this is what judo and oh, you... all taught me for sure. Well, being a nice guy, hey, you were always nice. You were a gentleman <laughs> for me. I Thank remember you. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, um, uh, hold on. I, I, I got to wear my glasses again and make sure I'm reading probably. Uh, you were... Oh, yes. That's an inter interesting question. How did it feel to work outside of judo? Um, I think when I was an athlete, well, I was young at the time. I was 25, 26. And all I did was think about judo. I would think about what I would eat before judo. I'd be watching YouTube judo videos. And then I would be traveling. And I'd have these big dreams with a good group of friends, you know. And... In a way, I thought I had a real tunnel vision, like just judo. I thought like there's nothing else in the world outside of judo. And stepping outside <laughs> of judo and making friends and colleagues who knew nothing about judo at all. And I had to talk about them, about topics like not related to sport, really made like my perspective wider. And like I learned that, uh, you know, There's more to life than sport and judo, and there's so many people working hard in their own special uh, professions and in their careers, and it made me uh, have a wider perspective on life in general. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it helps today because, you know, getting back, you know, to the, to the wheel, you went outside of judo, and... Why today you're working like fully judo, just like, like, just like we said previously. So why did you decide to work for All Japan Judo Federation after, you know, being there? Mm -hmm. And then was it opportunity? How, how did it happen? Yeah, I, had a, I had a lot of reasons. Uh, probably the biggest reason was because even when I was working at my company, I still, I was hanging out with people who didn't do judo, but... I was still watching the live stream of judo every day and, you know, watching the world's and Olympics at 2 a.m. And yeah, so I still love judo and it was passion. not separated in my life. So the passion aspect was huge. 
And the second aspect was, uh, I'm not sure if you remember him, or I'm sure you remember him, Akinori. He was uh, of, living of in, of course, we, we all remember Akinori, Sensei Akinori. <laughs> of course. So for the people who don't know Akinori, he was uh, living with Antoine Balafortier, uh leading up to the Olympic Games in London. And uh, he's from Japan, obviously. And uh, we were good friends. We go back over 10 years. And, and when he moved back to Japan, he started working at the All Japan Judo Federation. And uh, he's currently the assistant to Mr. Yamashita, who is president of the federation. And yep. he, he invited me uh, because Japan or the AJJF at the time was getting ready to organize the 2019 uh, World Championships. And the, at the time, the 2020 Olympic Games. And uh, there, are ma- there are very few people in Japan who could speak English and Japanese and who have like a good understanding of judo. And that was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up on. So I like my job at Rectum, but I'm glad I came here. So it was destiny, you know? You went through a path, you went outside. You didn't know why you went outside. And after that, it makes 100% sense of everything you've done. And to work, like you say, you know, your title is to be uh, responsible for international um, uh, representation and uh, uh, connection, you know. So you're open-minded. You're not just tunnel vision, judo, 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 because judo is way more than just uh, what is on the mat. It's what's outside the mat. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Interesting. I I think uh, Japanese people, it's like an island as well. So, uh, and there's not many people living in Japan who aren't Japanese. And if you go to Montreal, you know, there's like a a Japanese person, a Chinese person, a Haitian person, and it's very multicultural. So it's a very monoculture here. So um, there's not many people with that international mindset and people who abroad and uh i think that's what makes me like my job because uh, i have a different perspective than other people in general true um and uh, how do you feel to be where you are today ah i'm well like i said i'm really happy and i'm happy there's a there's a huge sense of responsibility you know um you know, world championships or Olympic games, like this is like every judo fan and soon to be judo fans platform. And we'll be watching. Make, everybody's watching. And, you know, if we don't do a good job, it's, it's a negative for judo in general. So I have that big sense of responsibility, but also the thrill that comes with it. And uh, I really enjoy that thrilling aspect as well. And, you know, through, right. so I, you, you learn a lot, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm working okay. with the Grand Slams and the Olympics and the World Championships, but also with like the, you know, memberships or marketing and content creating. And I've had a good chance to meet a lot of good colleagues from inside Japan and from outside, of course, with my Canadian family and also like the IJF and Asia and Europe. This is what I really enjoy. Well, you know, like you said, your family must be very proud of you, but I'm going to say it loud, you know, in front of everybody on the chat with Pat, but we're very proud of you, Fumi, and we're very happy to see where you are. And, uh, you know, when people say, oh, our organizers, Tokyo, we say, well, yeah, of course, you know, there's a Canadian there and it's it's our <laughs> buddy, you know, it's our friend. So 
We're very proud of you, Fumi. Yes. I, I will um, let you. <laughs> yeah. um, did you think? Well, maybe you did, but you know, did you think that judo would play such a big part in your life? Uh, when I started judo when I was nine years old, definitely not. Definitely, I didn't. I didn't think that <laughs> the first day we walked into the dojo, I would be continuing it for this long, and I'm sure I'll continue it until I die. So for sure, I didn't expect it to be a that big part of my life, for sure. That was a big entry, eh? At nine years old, you're just yeah, like, I, oh, I get to judo. It's going to be fun. And yeah. <laughs> still you know, there. Parents thinking, like, maybe we'll just take him to judo one time, you know, and see if he likes it. <laughs> and then to this point, in yeah. the future. Not at all. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. What is the greatest gift judo has given you? Hmm. Um, in Japan, um, they say there's like an idiom. They say like judo is like the school of life. So of course, through judo, you learn how to throw people and do arm locks and do osaikomi. But before that, it teaches you how to be like successful and happy in life in general. You know, just the simple, basic things of working hard, being humble, being dedicated over a long period of time could take you a really long way. So. I think that's what judo kind of teaches you. And sometimes in not a very uh, nice way, it could be very cruel, but yeah, I think that's what it teaches you. Um, what do you value most about judo? Hmm. I think I already said it before, but I think it's more like the judo family. You know, of course, the judo family in Canada, the judo family as in like the people... You go to any dojo and you're automatically friends because you share uh, the same passion, which is judo. And through judo, I met my wife. I met my best friends and uh, the IJF. And uh, yeah, so just that whole family aspect. That's what I'm out of most. Um. You know, I'm going to put a nice picture of you when you were very young and strong and and like the picture we saw before, you know, very cut and, you know, like... My, my, look how skinny my neck is. You know, what is your most memorable moment? Uh, <laughs> Wait, don't show it, don't show it. <laughs> um, what is your most memorable moment? As as Canadian judoka, um, for sure, watching and supporting uh, Antoine Balafortier winning the bronze medal at the London Olympic Games, uh, that's probably one of the happiest, or or probably is one of the happiest moments and days of my life. Um, I was in London as his training partner, and it was a yeah, it was a great memory. I still sometimes watch yeah. the video, I and uh, yeah, it was. I should have get that picture. We have the. We made a poster, and I think I've, we see all everybody's like, yeah, like this, yelling yeah, on the picture. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember yes, that. I should have got that. I remember that day like so clearly, from the first fight with uh, Elner Mamali, Olympic champion, to the last fight with Travis. It was like, whoa, what's going to happen? And then, you know, not a lot of people expected him to medal, and uh, I think that was a big turning point for judo in Canada. And to be a part of that was uh, a great memory for me. A great memory. Yeah. 
Listen, um, before we start talking more seriously, you know, about um, some, some, an event like this, you know, like Olympic Games and stuff like that, you know, um, if you could have a superpower, if you could, you know, could be a superhero, what would it be? Superhero what would be your superpower. Um, yeah. Probably. Uh... Erase COVID. Erase COVID from planet Earth would be a, a pretty good superpower right now. That would that would help everybody, <laughs> not just judokas. But you uh, would be. I'd be the best. True, true. I, that's a good one. You, you from 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 today, you would become. You know, like. You would be around the world uh, on a, on a statue, you know, a statue of Fumi everywhere around the world. It would be like, ooh, true. I will take that. That's a good one. Good one. Listen, uh, before we start asking those questions where you're going to have to answer seriously, it's the team Olympic Games and more. We're starting to talk. You're as the chief of international department for all Japan federation you've traveled to many different countries and you need to interact with many people from different culture we talked about that previously have you experienced or discovered any interesting cultural cultural i have a problem with that word cultural customs yes so my current role at ajjf i work as the international so i travel not only with the national team but with officials mainly throughout Asia, but also the IGF tour as well. And uh, when I go to all those countries, like countries I didn't imagine I like plan on visiting, I went to Saudi Arabia last year. I never thought I'd go to Saudi Arabia. Or, you know, these small small cities in Kazakhstan or Mongolia. And um, what I learned the most is uh, that judo is like a very international sport. And... You know, you go there and you go into the dojo or the tournament and there's still the Japanese aspect, you know, people bowing or, and there's still the picture <laughs> of Kanojiro. But judo's uh, taking its own special role in each respective culture. And judo's evolved in each of their cultures. And uh, that's why I really like seeing, you know, if you go to Russia, there's like judo and sambo is kind of mixed. And if you go to Canada or USA, it's kind of like wrestling and jujitsu, but it's all integrated into one judo. So judo is kind of like a, a melting pot of cultures. And that's what I learned through traveling through all these countries. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, what motivated you? Well, you already said that you got brought, brought by Akinori, you know, to work for, uh, but... You know, what motivated you to work with the Olympic and Paralympics uh, for uh, for now? Uh, um, I think as Judoka, we could all say that we have like these vivid memories of the Olympics. And for mine, when I was, at, I think I was 12 or 13 years old, um, I was watching Nicholas Gill win silver medal at the Sydney Olympic Games. And I, I remember it. Like, oh, was, yeah. It was like 20, it's over 20 years ago. And 
I remember Nico. Yeah, but it was a silver. He was fighting a silver. He got silver against um, what's his name? <laughs> against my boss. I don't recall. You know? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's your, your boss. He's my boss now, but... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, we have we all have these memories from the Olympics and Paralympics, and they, and I think a lot of these memories are what kind of motivated us to continue and stay involved in judo for that long. And I'm sure uh, if I was working in the Olympic Games in Tokyo with judo, I'm sure that like everybody will be watching and a lot of people will be interested and stay interested in judo because of this event. And I was confident that I could make a, a good contribution uh, at this event. So it was natural for me to say like, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you 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 said that you had a you have it's your boss today. I, I'm just wondering which one because one is mine, so I guess the other one is yours, right? Yes, um, Kosei Inoue Sensei is the the head coach of the national team now, and uh, I'm not working so closely with the national team, but uh, we talk here and there, and we share we share information, and uh, we're colleagues. He's a He's a very charismatic. Were you trying to? Were you trying to separate them at the at this meeting? You know, I, I think that was yes, the back yes, way. You were yes. trying to separate these two. So uh, <laughs> maybe we should have another fight off. But uh, I'm not so sure how Ooh. good Nico. Is now. <laughs> I, 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 we've we've made fun of this one, and we are we already said you know sometimes we said oh you know we should have a rematch. Between you and uh, Sensei Nue, and Nico is like, no, he runs every day. He's in to he's in super shape, and well, you know Nico, you know. So I no, he said no. He said no. He said I'm not a masochist. So that's I guess it will be uh, in our memories. What <laughs> we have to do. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do something on the uh, on um, you know skates. You know, maybe they could do something, but yeah, with yeah. skates, you know, skating yeah. or something. So we give a chance to Nico. Yeah. Um, on the snow. So we'll be, it'll be, yeah, yeah, on the snow or something. Like that. Listen, um, after the 2019 World Championship in Tokyo, um. That were that were very well organized, by the way, because I attended this event and it was a, a great moment and very nicely done. We were heading towards Olympic Games, and you were already on the planning mode for Olympic Games. I remember, you know, I saw some some things. Some you already showed me some stuff that were coming up, and then I was all excited, you know. Um, With the actual situation, what are what are some of the challenges that you actually face as service manager for the Olympic Games? Oh, um, well, as you can imagine, like hosting <laughs> hosting an Olympic Games and Paralympic Games with no pandemic is very challenging in general, just because of the magnitude. Like the World Championships in Tokyo in 2019 was crazy. It was crazy, but doing something like the Olympics with 140 or in judo, 140 countries are going to participate and 
the broadcasting and then the sport aspect and then the training venue and the logistics and everything is uh, it's hectic. And if you throw COVID into there, it makes things uh, so much more difficult. But, but under these circumstances, um, I'm very confident that we will have the Olympics and Paralympics um, in a safe way. Um, the, the Japanese government, the Japanese leadership, and I think the world needs sport in general. So I hope uh, at my layer, I can't say, okay, do the Olympics, but I'm going to do everything, uh, everything I can to it for the judo event to, for it to be realized. And as you know, I think uh, the Japanese people in general are uh, very perfectionists, you know, they think about like the small, tiny details. And uh, I think uh, at the world championships in 2019, we paid attention to the big details and the small details and we were able to deliver. Yes. And for the Olympics, uh, we will do the same. We have the best volunteers and everything. So I'm, I'm confident. Well, that well, you, you already answered some of my question because you went ahead of everything. But, <laughs> you know, what you're saying is you're ready to welcome the world in whatsoever situation. Um, not in whatsoever situation, but in every responsible situation, in every safe situation, and in, in every situation that's going to be correct for judo. And as you know, judo is the home. Uh, judo originated in Japan, so we have great leaders in judo in Japan. Uh, for example, yes. Mr. Yamashita is the president of the All Japan Judo Federation. He's president of the Japanese Olympic Committee, and he's an IOC member. And he's not only a big supporter of judo, but Japanese sport in general. And he's a very great leader, so having his support is, is immense for somebody like me. And then we have uh, Mr. Yamada Toshiko. He's the sport manager of judo. He's my boss at the organizing committee. And uh, yeah, he's a great leader as well with great connections, uh, great skills. And I said this before, but Japan hosts the Grand Slam every year. We hosted the World Championships. We hosted the test event, which was the World Championships. And mm -hmm. of course, We have so many great judokas and the best referees, timekeepers, technical officials who know exactly how to do their job uh, at the perfect timing with a great responsibility. And then we have the best, uh, I said it before, but the volunteers as well. They're very uh, smart, very dedicated, and they're judokas. So they're all in for the judo event. And on top of this, we have, you know, Of course, the great national federations such as Judo Canada joining in and helping. And also uh, the IJF. Uh, they're, they always get us through the... They're the most experienced in almost every aspect, so they get us through everything. So having their support and uh, is... Uh, will all this put together and the passion aspect, I, I'm very confident that everything will be okay. Well, you said about you talked about the volunteers. I just want to, um, I just want to say, you know, the person in charge of transportation. Yeah, there's a, a man that is always there taking care of all the buses, 
And that man should have a statue or something because he is incredible. Yeah. He fixes everything. His buses are on time at the second. Uh, this man is a pearl. You know, he's like the greatest of all. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people knows him. Mm-hmm. And he's at transportation. And you know, he doesn't get to see the, the tournament. He doesn't get to. He's always running the buses and stuff. But this gentleman, you know, maybe we, should, we could steal it from you. He's uh his name is Uemura-san, and he's uh, he's a great guy, super professional, just like you know, like Kosei Inoue practices Uchimara. This guy practices he's, his his bus coordination of buses, making the bus come into the hotel at the exact time and opening it so the athletes could put their suitcase in. He, yes, he takes his job seriously as a Olympic athlete. And uh, well, there's people you can in Japan. Tell we know him, yeah. And uh, and you can pass him the message. You tell him the <laughs> message. He's on the chat with Pat, internationally known as Mister Mister Transportation. He is Mister Transportation. Yeah. So we have so many passionate people like that who are all in, you know. And uh, they're doing. They're involved just because they want to be a part of the success. And with that sort of team and that sort of uh, reliability across all the parties. Uh, that's the reason why I'm confident through all these challenges. Well, that we'll be able to deliver. We're, we're going to cross our fingers and we're excited. We're getting ready. Kumi, <laughs> we're coming. We're coming. Um, being on the IGF competition circuit, do you have, you can, you know, it's just, just going to stay between you and us, you know, nobody will know about it. You know, do you have any favorite athlete that you enjoy watching watching compete? And you can don't say it loud. You can say it like very quietly. Nobody will know. <laughs> um, of course, Canadian. I'm a Canadian. Uh, I'm a big supporter, and I love Canadian judo. So of course, when I'm on the tour, I I love watching Antoine, Jessica. Krista, Arthur, Etienne, uh, Shadi, all these guys. Like, I'm always cheering for them and hoping for the best for them. And, uh, you know, when they win and when I hear the Canadian national anthem at the boat, at the warning yeah. center, like, there's like a part of me, uh, you know, wow, it's nice. Happy, eh? Happy, happy. But also, um, like, I, there's so many good judo players from so many good country, uh, so many countries now. And, From Japan, I would say I like uh, Masashi Ebinuma, Arai Chizuru, like these pe- these guys, these people. Like I watch them train at training camps, and of course, like their level of dedication and what they had to do to do to get to that stage. You know, like the people that the Canadians see on the World Judo Tour from Japan, they're just like the like the film. <laughs> There's like a huge pyramid of good judo players in Japan. Like I'm sure everybody could imagine it, but coming to Japan and seeing the qualification tournaments, it's like it's incredible. There's so many good judo players here and the the cream of the cream, like the Olympic and world people from Japan, they're they're incredible. 
well, we'll find a way. Canadian have tricks, you know, we'll find ways, you know, to get through these. <laughs> I'm sure. Thanks for both. We're, we're, we're ready. We're going to be ready. Um, if you could change or improve any aspect of judo, what would it be? Um, I'm not so sure about or how. Or well, maybe I can finish the sentence by saying, how would you like to see judo progress in the future? Uh, well, like I said before, judo is a really international sport. It's uh, so I like to see like many other countries, like national federations develop just like Judo Canada. Um, I think Judo Canada has changed so much since I've left. I left in 2013 and it was evolving so quickly, you know, um, and for that evolution to happen, it's just one little like match to light the fire. And I think that was Antoine winning bronze at the London Olympic Games. And I think so many federations and so many areas are just, you know, the campfire is there and the match just needs to strike for it to explode. And uh, I want judo to, you know, be huge in other countries like it is in Japan, in Canada, in France, in Russia. And uh, that's what I really look forward to. And, yeah, I hope there will be uh, more teams competing at the mixed team event at the Olympic Games next year. I think at oh, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Eh? I think at Tokyo we'll have, uh, including Canada, like eight or nine teams, maybe ten, hopefully more. And uh, I hope in the next four years' time we could have sixteen, eighteen, twenty. You know, and that would really mean that like judo is spreading and it's, uh, you know. But I yeah. agree. It's it, that part of uh, the team tournament. It's gonna um, because Canada is is very. Um, is very attracted by teams, you know, and uh, in the States as well, it's very important, the team uh, the team concept, uh, more than individuals sometimes. And so uh, I'm sure that the, the, the team part uh, for judo and, you know, will be, could make a difference and uh, could, you know, attract some people to be interested in, uh, you know, practicing. Well, right now it's complicated, you know, <laughs> we got to practice at home, but uh, yeah. anyway, what do you want? <laughs> well, that brings me to my last question before the game where you should be stressed. And you said to me before, no, What's I'm not stressed. Um, I'm in control. <laughs> um, during this during this pause, uh, because it's a forced pause that we have, uh, what have you missed the most about judo? Since COVID, you mean? Yes, unfortunately, okay. since COVID. Um, I think I miss doing judo. Um, I haven't worn a judo <laughs> and done randori in over a year. And, you know, I did judo, started judo when I was nine, and I did judo at least three times a week since that time. And even when I was in Japan and working, Outside of judo, I was still doing judo once or twice a week to stay sane and stay in shape. But because of COVID, I haven't been on the mats. And uh, I miss wearing a judo gi and, you know, getting the real sweat, you know. Right now, I'm going for a run or, you know, doing some weights. But there's no real sweat like Newaza Randori or like, 
somebody overhead gripping you. <laughs> and uh, that's, I really miss doing judo. So once COVID's better and I'm vaccinated and everybody's vaccinated and everything is better, I, I want to get back on the mats and uh, maybe go for another competition just for fun, just for fun. Maybe the veterans or something. Oh, boy. Can't wait to see that. I'm going to ask Nico to be sent to that tournament. <laughs> I want to cover it. Um, well, uh, you're just 34. You said you're 34 years old. So it won't hurt that much one year. But, you know, for example, me, that I've reached a, a venerable age, you know, <laughs> I missed missed one year of wearing a gi and doing a match. If I would do just half hour of judo, I think for one week I wouldn't be able to walk or to, you know, I would be like, hey, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. So maybe, you, maybe you'll suffer a little bit. You know, you're 34, you're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. I, I want to <laughs> get, get back in the dojo and for fun, you know. No, like, crazy well, training, you know. You know, train and then go for a beer with some good friends. And, uh, yeah, that's what I miss the most. Well, you might need, you, you might need two or three to, to forget yeah. that you've done an hour of judo previously, you know. <laughs> okay, Fumi, let's get ready. We're getting there to the team number two, which is the game. And the game is... Do you know your Japanese judo? And if all your friends in Japan are watching and you miss that, let me tell you. I think they say, is it, how do you say, it? maybe, uh, can I say that? Azgashine? Kubi. Kubi means neck. So kubi. You're going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll give you if if you need you can ask you know for um how do you say that uh, a hint or uh, just a little cue or something to help but let's see I'm ready I'm wearing the glasses well, I'm not gonna Google it Fumi My hands are up here okay <laughs> okay <laughs> hey come on if you start down <laughs> no way <laughs> all right question one. For eight years, from 1977 to 1985, he had 203 victories in a row with 164 Ippon. Who am I? Mr. Yamashita. <laughs> Mr. Y Yasuhiro Yamashita. <laughs> My boss. If I got that one yes. wrong, uh, I would be uh, sent... Sent back to Montreal on the next uh, on the next rowboat. That's that, that, that's why I was like, I hope he's not gonna miss. Woo, okay, okay. <laughs> It's okay. You you passed the first okay. test. You're good. <laughs> All right. Question two. Okay. I have three Olympic title: 1996, 2000, 2004. Who am I? Uh, Tadahiro Nomura, 60 kilos. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. I'm Easy. impressed. Papa, I thought you were going to challenge me, man. Um, I, I can challenge, I can challenge, but after that, you can call me and say, yeah, I got fired, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 
be like, oh, sorry one for me. Thing, one thing about Nomura no. is with Mr. Nomura, who just came up, he's, uh, I work with him here and there, and uh, he's working in judo now, and he's uh, managing the Abe siblings, Abe Uta and Abe Hifumi, and uh, he's a great guy. Very well-spoken. He's like a professional TV reporter, and he's a very smart guy. <laughs> yeah, we've seen him on TV a lot. He's doing great things for judo in Japan and, and the world, for sure. Yeah, Super. Well, question three is a little bit trickier. You said you wanted to have something harder. It, it could be a little bit trickier. We'll see. Um, I am a double gold medalist at Olympic Games and seven-time world champion. Ooh, do you need a hint? Oh, wait, wait. It's, he's not Japanese, right? Is he Japanese? Uh, did I say, I'm going to give you a hint. Did I say he is? He. No, I didn't say he. I said, I am double gold medalist at Olympic Games and seven-time world champion. Yes. Who am I? Uh, Ryoko Tani, or t Tani, Tani Ryoko, yeah. Minus 48 kilos, right? Yes, Fumi, you got it. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> yes, but um, yeah, is he a he? If I wouldn't have said nothing, you'd be uh, like, oh my. I was like thinking, I'm like, oh, is it Teddy Reader? Like, is he, it's not Japanese? <laughs> What's that? No, 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 no. I said, do you know you're Japanese judo? That's Japanese. Well, Fumi, 100%. Congratulations, you did it. Thank you. Well, yeah, no problem, no problem. You can send me the check. Uh, team number three, and the last one, and this is the last question. Okay. Normally, I always ask a wisdom question to my uh, guest. With your little experience, little experience, do you have any advice for those having the dream to work in another country? Hmm. Uh, yes. Um, I think, uh, hmm, wait, let me think. Of it. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Canadian. I was, I lived in Canada for 26 years and then I moved to Japan and Japan's a, a really different country in terms of the language, the culture, the language, the food, the traditions. So what was difficult for me and what I really tried hard was to, to learn the local culture. And I was lucky because my parents were Japanese. So I had a general idea. So when I mean culture, I mean like the language, the traditions, the food. And if you can learn that part really quickly and, uh, and then kind of take in the parts that you like, and then don't, don't take in the parts you don't like. But once you're able to like put that culture and make it a part of you, It's the quickest way to make good friends and succeed at your job and, uh, you know, and, you know, gaining like the general perspective and making your perspective wider with the locals. And then if you're able to do that, the rest is easy because you have the community, you have the friends, 
you have your developer skills and then and then you'll yeah you have all the ingredients for success so my advice is to learn learn the culture very quickly excellent and after that maybe you start a family yes and maybe marry a local lady <laughs> yes. and then That's it. You yeah. you're there forever, or maybe you come back with a little two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight munchkins. Who knows? Never know. One day, one day. Uh, I always talk about this with my wife, and uh, one day we we hope that we can move back to Canada, so so she could have that same experience that I am, you know. And for my kid as well. I'm trying to speak English to my kid. So he could one day, you know, live in Montreal or Vancouver or Canada in general. So I hope uh, Then, I'll be back in Canada one day. Well, we hope to see you soon. And then when you'll come back and you're with your son, then Grandpa Pat will talk to him in French and learn him some nice French words Bien sûr. to be able to speak. Bien sûr. Hey, yes, my friend. Yes, my friend. I will be there. <laughs> well, Justin... It was very kind, very nice of you for uh, um, being with us. And we're very, very happy that, you know, everything goes well for you. We're proud of you. And we thank you so much for being with us at the Chat with Pat. It was very interesting. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Pat. Um, I'm really happy. And uh, I really want to reconnect with the Canadian judo family. I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of you for a really long time. And uh, I hope that COVID's end soon. And uh, if I won't see you at the Olympics, I'll, uh, I'll see you back after it's over when I come visit with my family. Well, my friend, uh, if everything goes to plan and according to what we hope, we will see each other at, uh, in Tokyo for the Olympic Games. And we'll take a little snap picture and we'll post it on our social media to tell all our friends in Canada that everything goes well. And as planned, everything goes well. No, full confidence. Super. All right, Fumi, we thank you so much. Uh, folks, I always say the same to all Judo Canada. We say, folks, stay safe and may Judo be back again soon. So for me again, thank you so much for everything. We talk to you soon on another, another day. And next chat with Pat, please watch our social media and everything will be reposted on our uh, Daily Motion account. Thank you so much for me. Take care. Arigato. Thank you. Thank you.